Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, January 5th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got much to discuss. Of course, we're going to start off with some college football news, but uh, but we have got a lot to talk about with the NFL playoffs coming up. We have one more week remaining, Christopher, in, uh, in the NFL season, a week 18. We are diving into the first week of January for the first time ever, it, uh, and it's kind of interesting. So we, we've got quite a bit since they have expanded the playoffs. There's still a lot of movement, a lot of moving pieces, not so much in the NFC, but in the AFC, there are numerous things that can happen. We'll talk about all that here momentarily. I do want to start off with this. Uh, you uh, you see the ratings for the college football playoff games? No. So 16.1 million for Bama Cincinnati and 16.5 million for Georgia Michigan and Really, it's a disaster because those are not exactly higher numbers than what we had for Ohio State-Michigan or Alabama-Georgia in the SEC championship game. It kind of goes to show that, you know, you do playoff games on a Friday, which is still technically a work day, even if it is New Year's Eve. Uh, It's still a work day for a lot of people, and it's New Year's Eve. you got a lot of people doing other things aside from watching college football uh, that's never going to be good. Like, I went back through the numbers. Uh, these are the second and third worst-rated playoff semifinals ever. <laughs> well, they were also awful games. Oh, yeah, they were definitely bad. But, we, I mean, we've had a lot of blowouts in semifinals anyway. But it's still uh, it's still pretty bad. It's not too far off course from other New Year's Eve uh, games. But we have had – this is the first time since 2015 that – it did not fall also on a Saturday, right? So they've had games on December 29th, December 28th, etc. Uh, but those were at least on Saturdays. Uh, you toss this thing on a weekday, 
and, and it's on New Year's Eve. Uh, that was a recipe for disaster. So it, it was down from last year. Bama Notre Dame last year had 18.9, and Ohio State Clemson last year had 19.1, and both of those actually rated better because they were on New Year's Day than the national championship game did. So we'll see what goes what on would this it, time. What would it take for college football to hand over power to to somebody to be some type of commissioner to make basic decisions about things like this and negotiate these things from a central pers- like perspective? Uh, you'd have to – I don't even know the answer to that question uh, because there are so many different people that have power in this. I, I don't know what the right answer would be. Like it, but here's the thing. None of those people give a damn about it being played on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. or New. Like They just want to make the most money possible, and they just want to have the best event possible. This isn't somebody who gets to pick who's in or who's out. Or who's out. This is just somebody who's negotiating with the, um, with the TV rights of whoever that may be, whether it be ESPN or Fox in the future or whatever, and, and, and be able to actually strong-arm some of these individuals to be able to stand firm and say, we are not playing these games on this time or this date, or this is how it's going to go. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. I just, I don't know, I don't know how they could make that move. Like, I don't know who would have to show up in charge and say, hey, uh, we will give you all this much money to just sit down and shut up. Right, it would have to be an astronomical figure. Well, but here's the problem: is you can almost guarantee them if somebody with a brain and a plan would could almost guarantee all the people involved, you'll make more money if we if we just attack this from a logical business perspective, and you guys all stop trying to fight it from an individual perspective. Everybody will make more money. I will get a yeah. better TV contract with the playoffs. We'll get bigger ratings with the playoffs. Because we'll actually use data and analysis to try and figure out the best times to put these games on, the best places to host these games. We'll do all of these types of things, and then we'll go to our TV partners and we'll negotiate those things. And I can assure you, when it's done, the numbers will be substantially higher than they have been, and the product will be better. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Like at all, I I think like, like I'm not it, wanting to take the the money away from these people. I'm not I'm not really wanting to take any power or influence away from them. I, it's just a bad negotiating tactic to have multiple different people trying to negotiate one thing with with this committee. Yeah, with the, not with the committee with with the TV partners, which right now is only ESPN. Yeah, but I, no. I can assure you that if one person says, "I am now the commissioner of just handling the playoffs." You can tell me how many teams are in. I don't even get a say in that, okay? But if you tell me it's four and i got to negotiate three playoff games, when they're going to be held, what time they're going to be held, the locations, all that stuff, I promise you, if you just sit back and let me do it, and you say we wanted to rotate around these six locations or these seven locations because these bowls are important, but you got to give me power, okay? So when I say the Rose Bowl gets the playoff, all right, that, then, then they're going to do it when we tell them to do it, or they're not going to do it. Or they can take it out of the equation. Like, somebody has to have the authority to say, this is when we're going to do this. Sugar Bowl, you're not kicking off at 745, okay? Because that doesn't work for people. We're trying to get the most ratings possible. We're trying to get the most money possible. Now, when it's not a playoff game, you do whatever the hell you want. 
I just do not care. <laughs> but the year that it rotates in my control, my control, it's going to go at this time on this date. Yeah, I'd, I'd be game for that. I would 100% be game because, for that. Because that's what the numbers say. That's what the analysts say that that is going to get us the biggest piece of this pie. And this is how we're going to promote it. And this is how we're going to push it out to people. This is how we're going to do all these things. One person. I don't care the team. It doesn't matter to me which four teams are in. I know everyone thinks, well, you got to have the big brands or you're not going to pull the biggest numbers. If, if you let one person control this, give me four random teams that are major contenders for the playoffs every year, and I can assure you I'm going to get a big number. Yes. Yes. You're 100% right. 100% right. Uh, I'm, I'm reading here the only semifinals uh, that have been on New Year's Day have drawn over 20 million viewers. No non-New Year's Day playoff game has broken that 20 million mark, and it's unlikely that next year's playoff games are going uh, to close or get close to that mark um, because the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl are doing it on New Year's Eve again next year. So, well, but, I just assure you that as long as it's on a Saturday, it doesn't have to be New Year's Day. As long as it's done on a Saturday, you can make this thing work. Uh, maybe so. I, I mean, I'm that looking at it. New Year's Day it. doesn't have anything to do with it. The fact that it's, if as long as I can get it on a Saturday. The fact that it's a New Year's Day doesn't matter. Uh, Saturday, let's see. Saturday, December 28th. Ah, excuse me. December 28th of 2019, Clemson and Ohio State did 21.15 million. Uh, that was the year that LSU blew out Oklahoma before that, and that was on a yeah, Saturday. But, um, but, that's, but that's a Saturday. I'm telling yeah. you, the day of the week matters. College football played on Saturday. People are habitual people. We're used to habits. I'm used to waking up on Saturdays and watching football. Uh, same for New Year's Day, right? So very well, much yeah, so. Well, but, yeah, but but if it, I don't have to manipulate it to get to New Year's Day. Like like I, if the twenty eighth is a Saturday and New Year's Day is you know whatever that makes New Year's Day, you know the the, <laughs> yeah, the, the following Friday. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. So basically, we just need to have the semifinals on Saturday, no matter what, right? Yeah. Like that's yes. a, whether it's New Year's Day or not, just do it on Saturday. I also think the championship game should be played on Saturday. Yeah, the tell, tell Rose Bowl, like, sorry, if y'all want to play in the middle of a playoff game, then or sure. Or you just don't get to it. be a part of the playoff. That's it. You can still have this grand party, and you can still have your parade of roses. Nobody's taking any of that away from you. We're just going to tell you, if you're not going to bend, if you're not going to be flexible at all, then you don't get to be a part of this. Listen, nobody, nobody's inviting the, the Motor City Bowl into the playoff, and they're not all upset about it, so... They yep. get to keep doing what they're doing. You get to keep doing what you're doing, and nobody is any of the wiser. Nobody cares. Now, you got that right. I think the biggest issue right now is ESPN pays like $80 million a year for the Rose Bowl, which is absolutely absurd, right? They, they own the majority of these bowls anyway, uh, but they don't own that one. They just own the TV rights to it, and they pay a, a huge fee. So, of course, they're going to give it a big-time window, uh, and they don't want it to go up against – you know, what they've got going on with the playoff. Now, this next oh, round of fine. negotiations, that, like that'll change. That's, right. that's why one person needs to negotiate this, because I assure you they would rather have a piece of the playoff than just the Rose Bowl. Yes. Now, if you tell them, if you're so stuck on this part of the Rose Bowl, then, then that's great. I, I'm certain Fox would, would love to have the playoff in that spot. Uh, you and then you can go head-to-head with Fox on a playoff game. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how you do. We'll see how you do. 
All right, uh, let me do a, a quick rundown. Of course, winningcureseverything.com is the website. I have got that thing set up so that every clip, every segment uh, that we do, every podcast, etc., automatically goes over there and uploads. So there will not be any missed ones. I have missed several in the past and whatnot, uh, but there will be uh, everything that we do will automatically upload over there. You can find it all at winningcureseverything.com. Very easy to do. Uh, you can subscribe where you need to subscribe over there, etc. And I've also heard, Chris, I don't, I haven't checked this. I, I don't use Spotify as my podcast app. But, uh, but now you can leave five-star reviews on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So everybody go ahead and subscribe and leave a nice five-star review if you would so kindly. And, uh, of course, we have hit major goals. We're at uh, 5,430. Uh, subscribers on YouTube as of right now. So that is definitely uh, a big number and a good number, and we certainly okay. appreciate everybody that uh, that has done that. So subscribe everywhere that you can and uh, and help us out a little bit. Along with that, the show is brought to you by BetUS. They are where the game begins. It's America's premier online sportsbook. Go over to BetUS.com. Tons of bonuses. Make sure that you get signed up now. There is a link in the description. You can click that, and it'll take you right over there to it. Uh, along with that, I do the BetUS College Football Show. So on Wednesday afternoon, we are going over our Alabama-Georgia breakdown. And then on the day of the game, uh, we will also be discussing prop bets, etc. Anything that may have changed between Wednesday and that Monday. So lots to dig into over there as well. There's a link in the description. You can subscribe there. Uh, Chris, you, you saw all the stuff that has gone on regarding Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard's, uh, I guess you could call it hot take, but it was more so old men uh, yelling get off my lawn to today's players for the most part. So all of this went down right before the Rose Bowl. And, you know, I I think uh, Pat Forty said it best on the Yahoo Sports podcast. He said something along the lines of, if you you put a microphone in front of somebody long enough, they're going to say something dumb. And especially if they haven't gotten a lot of sleep, et cetera, right? ESPN, for whatever reason publicly promotes exactly how much Kirk Herbstreet is working, right? He called three bowl games in four days. He, (laughs) which is just absurd. On top of that, he flew from Miami for a playoff game on Friday night, overnight, through the new year, all the way over to be on the morning game day at the Rose Bowl, and then called the Rose Bowl. Uh, But he's still on talking and giving opinions on things, on what do you think he got for sleep? What maybe three hours at best? He probably slept no, on the plane. He Listen, this man, this man is not flying Southwest. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, I guarantee you, the plane. entire time of that plane ride, he slept. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, it was not a ton of sleep. I I don't believe over over that uh, few days there. I don't think that he was getting a ton of sleep. Uh, I'm not going to bash Kirk Herbstreet for having the opinion that players should play in bowl games. But I think you have to look at this a little differently in that when Kirk Herbstreit played, there were only a handful of bowl games. And when these guys are playing, there's a ton of bowl games and there's more light at the end of the tunnel. More of this has to do, I think, with players wising up to the business as opposed to anything else. Give me your thoughts on on what's going on and then I want to talk about uh, former Ohio State player Marcus Williamson's response to it. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I mean, I like Kirk, and, and 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 you know, I don't agree with everything he says all the time. This is one of those places where I just disagree. And here's the thing: it's not a lack of sleep. 
that, that gave him this opinion because he has right. this opinion. This is something he's strong about and he believes. And I just think he's wrong. Okay. And that's okay. All right. Does it, does it make him good and me bad or me bad and him good? Uh, it just makes our opinion on this different. And, and I believe that he's wrong. Um, the, the biggest instance of why, why he's wrong is yes. When he played and Desmond played, we also used to do drills like the Oklahoma drill and how many unsafe practice things did we used to do? Literally every practice was a padded practice and guys were slamming their heads together over and over and over again. And you know what? Through the evolution of time and science and resource, we understand that those things were wrong and we don't do them anymore. They're not safe anymore. Okay. We also understand through all of that science that football is, it's like a car in the sense of your body can only take so many miles. There's only so many yards you can run. There's only snaps, so many snaps you can play that before your body begins to break down. These are at the end of the day, meaningless exhibition games. They are no, if they were before the season instead of after the season, they would be nothing but preseason football. If you look at the NFL, they play meaningless exhibition games, and nobody plays in them. Nobody. Like, what? what is the purpose of those games? It is to narrow down your roster. It is to work out practice squad guys and see who you want to build around maybe in the future, who has a chance to make the team and who doesn't, okay? That's what the bowl games have become. Let me get an opportunity to showcase my talents because I wasn't good enough to start when the game matters but I want to show you what I've accomplished, what I've worked on all year. And now I've got a chance to go against live bullets instead of practice. All right? So that's what these games are. They're exhibition games. And for you to say that these stars have to play in them, oh, yeah, and by the way, all that work that, that Kurt did, that, that uh, ESPN advertises so likely, yeah, they, they forget to inform you the fact that he's highly compensated. <laughs> for that work by ESPN, who profits off of these games. So, yes, yes, he and ESPN want all the stars to play. He also has to call these games. And it's really hard to call the games when you need a damn roster in your hand for teams that you've called three or four times this year. Okay? Yeah, especially when he's so, doing three so, and four nights. Yeah, you should, for the most part, be able to call those games without a roster sheet. But now that you yeah. get into bowl he, season, you got to figure it out. He wants, yeah. He he needs to know who these players are because half of them he's never heard of before. Okay, and that that made more work for him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the safety and welfare of these kids. And here's the thing: if they want, it's all. We live in a world today where it's all about personal choice. Everything in life is about personal choice. Okay, and when you get into the article that you shared out the little Twitter. Um, I, I don't. I, it's not an article. It, it, it's just the like a thread. Twitter thread. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. And you shared it out, tagged me in it. I read through it, and and you see what these guys go through day in and day out as college athletes. And then you're going to tell me that at the end of the day they put all this work in, and the reward is this cupcake. The reward is this big dessert that you got, right? And you're telling me if you don't eat that dessert, you're a piece of crap. That you don't love the game. That you're a part of the problem. No, no, I can't get. A, I can't abide by that. I can't get down with that, okay? And, and then you want to caveat it later. Well, well, all of them don't love the game. Oh, so you mean, listen, Micah Parsons and, 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 and Jamar uh, Chase, 
last year set out the entire season. Not just not just the playoffs, not just the bowl game. They set out entire junior year. All right, and and you're gonna tell me they don't love football? Go watch them on Sundays and show me how much Jamar Chase loves football. Micah Parsons loves football. Yeah. All right? No, they didn't want to play in your little bowl game. They didn't want to play in your little exhibition game. It doesn't matter to them because well, that no, stuff it, matters. It other... matters to some kids, but yeah. they should have the right to choose that. It's all about personal choice, guys. Exactly. The guys that they were talking about, uh, there was a little more allegiance to schools back then, right? It was it, – look at David Pollack, well, who was on the was set. everything was allegiance to school back then. We just lived right. in a different world back then, Gary. Exactly. It's all globalized now, which is exactly what it's supposed to be. You live in a social media age. This is how the game has changed. And there's nothing wrong with the way that the game has changed. Um, I, I don't – I don't agree with Herb Street, but that's because he comes from a completely different era. Like I, no, do he I, does, no, he doesn't, Gary. He's like five minutes older than you and I. <laughs> but I think that I'm almost some 40. Have He's the, like forty-seven, right? But some okay? people have that's the capability. Era. Agreed. You and I did not play college football, so we don't have that same mindset of you bled for this school. Uh, this school provided you an opportunity. You owe it to them, right? I don't believe that, and you don't believe that, because we were yeah, able Bill to Marcells adapt. Yeah, Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick never played a down of football in their lives, okay? I think they still have their right to be an authority on the sport. No, no, no. I'm not saying that you okay? and I don't have a right to be an authority on this sport. What I'm saying is you and I have the capability of adapting. I, I don't necessarily know that some – everybody has different opinions, right? I'm not, I'm not going to give him an excuse for not wanting to bend on his opinions. All right. No, no, like just because he agreed. played, like, like you're, 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 you're making excuses for why he thinks the way he thinks. We don't know why he thinks the way he thinks, but he thinks the way he thinks, and that's fine. I disagree with him. I think he's wrong, and I like his opinion because I think he's got the most powerful voice in the sport. Yes, yes, he does. He's, uh, <coughs> he's the guy. He's the he's on all of the different ads. He is uh, and there's a reason why ESPN wants to put him on the playoff game and the Rose Bowl the next when day and game day, etc. Everybody listens, all right. Yes. He, when if he says a team is good, Nebraska all last season was like or, wait a minute, not last season, a couple years ago, he picked Nebraska to be a dark horse to be a playoff team, and <laughs> and and. It moved Vegas's line on what they should be from a win-loss perspective. Like, four games. We're not talking about a little bit. We're talking about a lot, Gary. A oh, I lot. remember. I and remember. It, <laughs> it didn't come close. You and me made a fortune that year. Yes, we Thanks did. Thanks to Herbie giving an opinion. It, it, it was just his opinion. That's fine. He had an opinion about a team. I have an opinion about teams all the time. I'm wrong about them. That, that happens. It's a preseason thought before the season plays out. Okay? But – at the end of the day, like, his voice is that powerful. People in Vegas who know what they know move total game. Four or five games, man. Yes. Four or five wins. Oh, it was a huge number. Oh, it's, it, and it will continue to do so because, it, again, I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, but let, no, let me go on either. And, let me go on and start with, uh, with this Marcus Williamson uh, thread, the Twitter thread, which I, I tweeted it out. You can go find it on my Twitter page. But he said, uh, I want to wrap about my career as a young black college athlete at the highest level. As guidance for you go-getters coming up, shout out Westerville and those city kids chasing. Uh, he said, as a 17-year-old early enrollee, Urban Meyer told me he would ruin my effing life if he ever caught me smoking. He said, it makes you wonder how much control do these institutions have over our young black boys. 
He said, my first team meeting, True Story 2017, uh, this photo was presented to us via PowerPoint to institute our building-wide rule of no hoods in the building. And it was uh, one of the kids that was shot when he had his, uh, his hood up. It was Trayvon up. Martin picture. Yeah. Um, so he said, after, uh, after said meeting, the freshman and myself go sign hours of paperwork, essentially signing our rights as Americans over to Ohio State and the governing bodies. He said, shout out NIL. At least these boys can get their name. Uh, they own their name now. Like he said, it's sarcasm, but uh, he, he hey, ain't wrong. I'm, I'm going to tell you that part about signing away government stuff. I would love to get my hands on all that paperwork, and I'd love to get it in front of one of my libertarian uh, party friends and, 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 and some attorneys that believe in freedom and rights and, and the rights that we have in our country. And I would love for them to just absolutely abuse these schools in court with them. I would oh, love yeah. to. Right now, none of these kids want to buck the system, so they don't ever turn any of that stuff over. Well, that's, but, that's partly but, what but he just, talks just, about. Just leak it, leak it out one day to somebody who matters and let it get in the hands <laughs> of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a constitutional attorney that fights for your rights. Yes. In this world. ACLU. Uh, he said, but, uh, but Marcus, they educate you. He said, ask any college athlete if they can take their studies as serious as they need to with our athletic schedules. He said, most people won't understand. Participate in your lecture or discussion in your 8 a.m. class after a mat drill at 6 a.m., and you got to arrive at 5 if you're a freshman. Professor, my hands are bleeding from the rope pull, but you want me to grab my pencil. He said, come in with a plan, find your value as an athlete and leader, but never let these people play you. Your gut will be checked as a man every day you step in the building, nut up early. He said, I was repeatedly pushed past my injuries as if I was completely expendable. And he said, you are. Like, you are expendable. 2018, I used to wake up, put my shoulder in place, and go to practice. They banded you up like shit sweet. Uh, the industry is often silent because everyone is obviously chasing the big payday, but the injustices these players face just isn't right. We literally put our bodies and lives at risk with zero guarantee. He said, uh, pay college football players like the minor league players that they already are. Pop quiz, what American industries rely on free black labor for the lucrative benefit of white men? So then he said, people ask, why don't you leave or quit? Most of us have only been athletes our entire lives. This is how we try to feed our families and children. It's either play their game or have zero chance at the lottery. He said, uh, some of the best human beings I know played on some of my teams, but we bond through the traumas we endure and the hardships we face to keep it 100. He said, we play a violent sport for free, Yet narratives like these, what Herb Street said, want you to believe that we're somehow soft or we don't love the game if we use our leverage as athletes to make money. This is America. You work hard. You should be paid. He said college football players keep putting pressure on these institutions to make meaningful change in athletics and our communities. I thought it was insanely well put. I thought it was well put together. He thought this thing through awesome. Uh, it, was, it was perfect. It's exactly what people yeah. need to hear. Follow down on that th uh, Twitter thread. He would not. He, he did not say this. He didn't put any of his accolades or acronyms on here. But this is this is an academic all star. This is not some dumb dumb jock that 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 had a really good thought wanted to come out. This is a guy with with his head on his shoulders, crazy smart, crazy uh, uh, ability to um, articulate his thoughts and 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 basically what happened to him. Um, he, and, and and you can't. You can't say, oh, well, that's just your perspective. No, this is what he lived. This is what he saw. This is what he went through. And he saw other people go through it, too. And if, and if you think any of these other schools are any different, you're wrong. If you think LSU just is any different, or Alabama, or, or Oklahoma, or Clemson, or anywhere else in the world, they all do it the exact same. It is absolutely a complete and utter middle. You just grind people through it. Yes. 
Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, he played this season as a as a graduate student. Like he's he graduated early. He went to IMG. He started taking college courses when he was in high school. Uh, I mean, he was awesome. So, you know, very very awesome. Uh, I thought it was really well put, and I definitely wanted to hit it. Uh, we have gone a long time already. Let's hit on some of this other stuff before we get into the NFL games. Caleb Williams hits the transfer portal, and immediately Dylan Gabriel announces that he is flipping from UCLA to go over to Oklahoma. He is going to be paired up with his former OC, Jeff Lebby, who was with him, uh, I believe, his freshman year, if I'm not mistaken, at UCF. Uh, he had a monster, monster year with Jeff Lebby and looking to do the same thing at Oklahoma. But this is another one of those situations. You enter that transfer portal, uh, you better be careful your job don't get got behind you because now uh, Caleb Williams comes back. He's going to be, one, competing for that job, and I don't know that he could beat out Dylan Gabriel. And two, well, he's not coming back, and Caleb, again, like, this is not this is not somebody who needs to struggle or worry. No, he's, no, no, he's no. going to have 20, 20 <laughs> to 30 top-tier schools coming after him that yes, want him. Will. They'll literally, literally. LSU just got Miles Brennan back, and they're so excited he went to the transfer portal and then came back. But with it, half of Baton Rouge would push Miles Brennan off that bridge just to get <laughs> Caleb Williams. Okay, no, so you're 100 right. Let's be let's be real. There are 3,000 kids in the transfer portal. Guys like Caleb Williams don't have to worry. Which is just an astronomical number, isn't it? I mean, that's so crazy. Um, there there was a lot of talk early uh, because of a few different podcasts that. Georgia could be in on Caleb Williams. Uh, Rusty Manziel, who covers Georgia for 247, he straight up said, like, he's he's kind of been tied in with both Caleb Williams when he was a recruit, and he is very heavily tied in with Georgia. Uh, there's nothing to that does. Like, he won't be going to Georgia. Uh, but it, it sounds, for the most part, like this is just, hey, I'm going to fill out the waters, da-da-da-da-da. He is more than likely going to go to USC. He's going to follow Lincoln. Now, do you think? Do you think there's any way that he had gotten word that Dylan Gabriel was considering coming back to Oklahoma? Uh, possibly. Or that Levy and maybe called Gabriel or had a relationship where where he was like publicly maybe put some feelers out there that 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 he wanted Dylan to come come to there, and and this sparked his interest of of saying, "Hey, I'm going to put myself out here." I mean, it's entirely possible. Uh, uh, on the other side, there was a report from 247 that UCLA is a school to watch for Caleb Williams. Uh, it said after interest was reciprocated on Monday afternoon. Now, maybe they felt like Caleb Williams would be a better fit and Lebby wanted Gabriel to come, so maybe they did a little swooperoo. Uh, who knows? But, uh, but free agency, I mean, the quarterback carousel has been absolutely phenomenal i i wonder if you know I, I wonder if gabriel didn't think that williams was leaving and that's why he ultimately chose ucla and then they decided oh wait a minute like maybe because obviously jeff levy was was in the booth for the old miss game like i doubt that he's been at oklahoma a ton but i'm sure he's had enough time to at least make contact and try to start a relationship with caleb williams but maybe maybe they don't philosophically agree on how the offense should be run. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could go on uh, with these quarterbacks and these offensive coordinators, especially with everybody changing locations. So, 
I mean, there's there's no telling, man. Um, but I, I ultimately think Caleb Williams is going to go over to USC because he wanted to play for Lincoln Riley. Like, I, that's that's what I believe. Um, but, and, and it doesn't look like Lincoln Riley is one of those guys that's going to say, no, no, we're not going to take you because you were an Oklahoma guy, and I don't want to just take the oh, roster. No, like, no, Lincoln Riley. <laughs> Lincoln Riley is the biggest hypocrite when it comes to the transfer portal that there's ever been. I mean, now there's ever been. That's ever existed since the events of the transfer portal. Yeah. They have completely built his entire rosters off the transfer portal. But then if a kid wants to transfer out, would publicly shame, humiliate, crush, break over the cold, and then try everything he could legally to block him from leaving. So you there's, got that there's right. no more hypocritical person than Lincoln Rowe. Now, you uh, you have certainly got that right. Um, let's see. Uh, the next topic I want to hit, Texas A&M, it is being rumored that they are in talks with Ole Miss defensive coordinator DJ Durkin. Now, I was, I was a little bit shocked by this uh, because the Ole Miss numbers have been not great this season, but that defense is over... Uh, they have played well above expectations, right? They don't have a ton of talent on that side of the ball. But so this that was, coaching? This was very much a bend-don't-break defense. And they I, they played really well this season, I thought, for the most part. You uh, you kind of agree here? I, I, well, just, I don't just agree. Jesus Christ. That's like the most improved thing in all of college football is Ole Miss defense. From yes. last year to the end of the year this year, they're they not even recognizable. Not even recognizable, okay? DJ Durkin is a defensive great, great coach. An unbelievable defensive coach. And if I had a DC open, opening open, I'd love to have DJ Durkin. I'd, I'd do anything to have DJ Durkin. So he was uh, he was the defensive coordinator at Florida in 2013-2014 under, I believe, Will Muschamp at that point. Uh, 2015, he was the Michigan defensive coordinator. He got the Maryland head coaching job. Everybody remembers exactly what happened there. Uh, then he was a consultant for the Atlanta Falcons, and he has been at Ole Miss for the last two years. And, yeah, you're right. They uh, they greatly improved this past season. Uh, I think they're talking about moving up one of the other coaches to be a co-DC. Uh, but Durkin also widely known for his recruiting ability, even with the mess that went on at Maryland. Uh, he's a good recruiter. And I think that's, that's because what every needs. parent in the world understands what happened at Maryland. Yeah. It's, it's only people that don't want to see reason because – and I get it. I get it. A child is dead, right? I, it, I don't know how to rationalize that, right? That's, that's the single worst thing you could possibly imagine. But at, it, it, at the end of the day, we have hashed this out a million times before. All of these coaches are just five minutes away from being PE teachers. They're not doctors. He had nothing to do with the cause of medical treatment on that field. You got that right. You got that right. Um, wanted to bring this up. Auburn leading wide receiver Kobe Hudson has entered the transfer portal, and he says that he was kicked off the team. Now, there's been nothing else come out about this. He he posted it on Instagram. It kind of started making the rounds. Uh, there's no real rumors or anything like that, but with all the players that Auburn had lost, et cetera, I, yeah, they brought in you know a new offensive coordinator, and they're trying to make changes. You know, Brian Harson is trying to figure things out on the go. But are, are we looking at a season where Auburn is going to be picked seventh next year? 
going into well, the season. Well, I mean, we, everyone thought they were going to be a disaster this year. All right. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Remember, remember the preseason banter about how terrible they were going to be this year? And they were absolutely not. So uh, let's, let's be real careful when we just start throwing dirt on programs, okay? Oh, 100%. When, when you look at the rest of the West, uh, I mean, it's kind of it, like there's just very little that's actually returning. Now, that's not to say that Brian Harson can't coach, can't uh, get a bunch of guys out of the transfer portal, et cetera. I'm very curious what actually happened with Hudson uh, because, you know, his name was put in the portal and everybody kind of started asking about it. So he posted on Instagram that, yo, I didn't leave Auburn because I wanted to. Like, I was kicked off the team. Like, well, this shouldn't come as a transfer then. If he was released, then it doesn't count as his one-time transfer. Yeah. So it shouldn't have to be in the transfer portal. Right. So these, these are legal terms that we're using, Gary, and they have to matter. They have to matter because let's say he goes somewhere and he doesn't want to be there. He gets re-recruited somewhere else and he wants to go another place. Like, this shouldn't count if he was kicked off. We, we need to know what happened so we know how to classify this. Yeah, I don't know what that rule is now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, if you're kicked off of a team, uh, I guess technically you're, you're still released. in school. If you're released from a team, then you are a free agent. You should be able to go anywhere you want. And and then your transfer should still work, you know, any time after that. But right? it doesn't matter because it's not your transfer. Yeah, it shouldn't be it's a transfer. It's not your one-time transfer. Hey, uh, got a little – I don't know if this is breaking news uh, – but we can we can talk about it right quick. I hit on this before we talk about the NFL stuff. Uh, Bruce Feldman is reporting that Jim Harbaugh would be tempted uh, to an NFL return with the Vegas Raiders if uh, if they were to offer him the job. Does that sound interesting to you? I'm sure he would be tempted with an NFL return. That's uh, probably not. It's kind of great interesting. job. It's a great city. It's a great team, and and there we go. And he uh, and he He's did a, really a great job. Coach. Yeah, he did a great job this season. He had to take a pay cut last year, uh, maybe just to keep his Michigan job. Like that's uh, that's very interesting. He's not he's not gonna be leaving for the money though. Like he didn't care. Like and he's he's kind of made that clear. Like this dude really does embody the idea of a football man. Like he he really just doesn't give a shit. He just wants to be around football. Okay. Yeah. But, but if you're good enough to coach the NFL, you should be coaching the NFL. And you know why? You don't have all these bullshit rules and regulations from this, you know, governing body that has has no real, you know, strength to it whatsoever. But they get to tell everybody what to do. Like, I, like I, nobody wants to work under those circumstances. Also, the idea of kissing, the, you know, the ass of an eighteen-year-old and then having to do it again when he's nineteen and then having to do it again when he's twenty. Like, like that's got to drive some of these old-school football guys nuts. Like, we had a conversation in our group chat the second we saw uh, Caleb Williams hit the transfer portal. And somebody brought up the fact that, like, how how frustrating is this for a guy like Brent Venables? Because we just understand that he's got to hate this, right? Like, the idea that this <laughs> like this kid plays on this team and and now he wants to leave and I got to re-recruit him. I got to resell him every year. Like, like, how much bullshit is this for these guys? Somebody wants to do that job. They're doing it because they can't do the next level job. Yeah, yeah, I don't but think Jim you're wrong. can do the next level job. He yeah, absolutely it's... can do the next level job. Yeah, trying to trying to keep kids happy uh, when they are going through so many emotions between the ages of eighteen and twenty two is, I mean, that's almost impossible. 
because not everybody's going to be happy all the time. Uh, so you got to re-recruit guys over and over and over. And there's, I mean, you're already working on recruiting for the next class, uh, 24-7, 365, man. It's, uh, it's pretty insane. So I, I could totally see it. I could see Harbaugh leaving for the Raiders. This was uh, certainly a, a get-right kind of season. Uh, best season that Michigan's had in, I mean, decades. Decades. So it would not surprise I'm telling me. You, I'm telling you that if, if any of the 31 teams in the league, not named Jacksonville right now, call me tomorrow, and you're, and you're a major college football coach, you're listening, and I don't care what your location is. I don't care where you are, who you are. You're interested because the game has changed so much in college football to where why would you do this when you can go do that? You're not wrong. You are not wrong. All right. Here's the thing. Let's say you're a huge yeah. embarrassing failure at that. Then you get to come back to the same job you were at. You used to have. <laughs> yeah, nobody. Different school, different location. You just get a big-ass paycheck, and you get to come back. Yeah. Nobody looks at uh, an NFL record and says, hey, you wouldn't be good in college. Like, there's so many more options. So I, I, think, uh, I think that would make perfect sense. That would make perfect sense. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The NFL playoff situation, Chris, uh, the NFC has pretty much got everything locked down, right? The only questions that we have in the NFC, uh, the Rams clinch the West Division with either a win or an Arizona loss. Arizona clinches it with a win and a Rams loss. or uh, And then there's uh, San Francisco can clinch a playoff berth with either a win or a tie or a New Orleans loss or tie. And New Orleans clinches a playoff berth with a win and a San Francisco loss. That's the only questions in the NFC. The Packers have already uh, have already figured out, you know, like they're they're going to be the one seed. Uh, the Rams have already got the tiebreaker over Tampa Bay for head to head. So if the Rams were to lose and Tampa Bay were to win this weekend, then Tampa Bay gets the second seed, et cetera. And there's it's some seeding stuff that can go on, but as far as guys getting into the playoffs. The AFC is a disaster. Um, Tennessee gets a first-round bye and home field advantage if they win or if they tie and Kansas City loses or ties 
or if Kansas City loses and Cincinnati loses and New England loses because they're so – I mean, think about this. This is just absolutely insane. Uh, Kansas City can clinch the first-round bye. Cincinnati can still clinch a first-round bye. New England can't get there, but they can clinch the AFC East. Uh, they have to win, and they need um, – no, 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 I take that back. New England clinches a first-round bye. Uh, if they win and Buffalo loses and Tennessee loses and Kansas City loses. So <laughs> there's there's still so many different things. And then you've got Indian, uh, Indianapolis, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Ravens that are all vying for playoff spots. Like this is going to be an insane weekend trying to keep up with exactly what all needs to happen. Um, hey, you uh, you got any thoughts on, on all the stuff that's happening here? Uh, I mean, it's a lot of options, I guess you could say, but, but I don't know that, I don't know that any of it matters. I don't think, I don't think most of those things you just named off and talked about are, are any good. Like we're going to have a lot more playoff teams this year, an extra playoff team, let's say in each side, but I don't know that it matters. I don't I think any of those things are really good. No, no, no. I don't think they're, I don't think any of them are very good. Uh, but adding this extra playoff team this season has changed things to where uh, this last week of the season, there's still a lot to play for, uh, whether it be seeding or just a bunch of teams that are still vying for spots. Like, it is really, really crazy. Uh, Philadelphia, on in the NFC, like the two, three, and four seeds uh, and five seeds, uh, the Rams could be any of those based on winning or losing based on what other teams do, right? Dallas could be the two, three, or four seed. And, <laughs> I mean, the Cardinals can be the two seed, the three seed, or the five seed. And then you've got uh, Philly that could be a six or seven, and the 49ers could be six or seven. And then New Orleans can only get the seven. So it is, I mean, it is bonkers. And then you look at the AFC side, I mean, it's just, it is insane. Like, there is, who even knows what's going to happen here? Um I mean, we do know the teams that have already locked in spots on the uh, on the AFC. Uh, you got Tennessee, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, the Patriots, um, and then uh, Indianapolis, uh, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Steelers are all fighting for their spots. So, I mean, who? And and then of course uh, the Ravens are still back there at eight and eight, and they've still got a shot. Uh, now they need a lot to happen. When's the last time you saw the Ravens in a position like this? They have to win, and they need Indianapolis, the Chargers, and Miami all to lose for them to actually make it in. Like, that is, that's bonkers. So, uh, lots, lots to go on with the playoff situation this weekend. I will be glad when it is over, my friend. Uh, you want to talk about some of these games? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mark off some of these. Um, so, we won't talk about as many games, but, uh, but we'll hit on some of these. That sound all right? That sounds great. All right, let's uh, let's talk about this first one. Saturday, three thirty p.m. Central Time. The Chiefs at the Broncos. Uh, this is probably one that I could have talked about later, but it's a Saturday standalone spot, so we will talk about it now. The Chiefs, a ten-point favorite on the road, total of forty-four. Let me give you some trends here. Uh, Chiefs are ten and two against the spread in their last twelve against the Broncos. They are four and zero against the spread in their last four against the AFC West. They are 6-1 against the number in their last seven. The Broncos are 0-7 against the spread 
against the Chiefs in Denver the last seven years. They are 0-5 against the spread their last five Saturday games, and they're 1-4 against the spread in their last five games overall. These are two teams headed in completely different directions. Uh, Chiefs minus 10, I typically would like to go the other direction. But, man, I don't know what the Broncos have to play for, and the Chiefs still have everything to play for on Saturday. Uh, I think I'd have to roll with the Chiefs on this, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I would lay the points and, and take the Chiefs. I think that offense is getting better and, and going in the right direction. And the Broncos just look just, I mean, pretty just discombobulated. They look like they don't know what they're doing at all. Yeah, without uh, without Teddy Bridgewater, it's it's kind of tough to – That I mean, that offense just looks awful. And, and the defense isn't in a whole lot better. Um I mean, they were in a fight last week with the Raiders, but uh, they still had playoff hopes at that point. So, is what it is. So, we'll both ride uh, Chiefs minus 10 there. Uh, next up on the board, we are going to ride with the Saturday evening game, 7.15 p.m. Central Time, Cowboys at the Eagles. Uh, this has seeding purposes here. The Eagles are a seven-point dog at home, total of 42.5. Uh, looking at some of these uh, trends here, Cowboys 4-0 against the number. Last four is a road favorite. They're 7-1 against the spread in their last eight road games. Um, they are 13-3 against the spread in their last 16 against the NFC. I I mean, at Philly, on the other hand, like 4-0 against the spread in their last four following a spread loss. Um, that number got up high enough that it was actually a spread loss last week. I, I don't... I mean, the Eagles haven't been great all year, but they have been feisty. Seven seems like it could be too many points. I'm going to ride with the Eagles here, even though, you know, this is a difference between maybe a two seed and a four seed for Dallas. Uh, I like the Eagles to keep this one close at home. Yeah, I think this matters to the Eagles a whole lot more than it matters to Dallas. I don't think Dallas matters. I think Dallas cares. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, I, I just, I just do not trust the Dallas offense. I mean, that's sad to say, but man, they are struggling to find a way to put up points. Yeah, especially losing Michael Gallup last week was a uh, a pretty big deal. Uh, torn ACL. That's, uh, that's that definitely not good. matter though, right? Like, look at that roster. Yeah, they should. They and Michael Gallup hadn't been a part of it for 80% of the season and they're still struggling to put up points. You know this? Like, they haven't beaten a 10-win team. Not that the Eagles are a 10-win team, but it just goes to talk about their strength of resume. They haven't beaten a 10-win team all season. Well, to be fair, there's not a ton of 10-win teams. Um, yes, there are. There are plenty of 10-win teams. Go look at their roster. Go look at their go, go look at their, their schedule. Well, no, I'm looking, there are plenty of 10-win teams. So there's uh, the Patriots, the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs, and the uh, Titans – are all 10-win teams. And then you got the Cardinals, uh, Tampa Bay, the Rams, and Green Bay, along with right, Dallas. So, I mean, we're not talking about a ton, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they, they just haven't beaten. All right, well, teams that, have, teams that do have wins over 10-win teams, Jacksonville, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> uh, Detroit, you know, like the worst teams in the league, uh, Houston Texans, like the three bottom feeders have wins over 10-win teams. Yeah, no, you're So the fact that they're wrong. just not able to beat the good teams, it should be a little alarming. Not that, not that the Eagles are one of the good teams, but I think the Eagles are feisty. Yeah, they are certainly feisty. I think seven might just be too much here, uh, especially with that offense still kind of struggling. 
Still struggling a little bit. Uh, so we both like the Eagles plus seven on that one. Let's move to Sunday, and let's go ahead and discuss uh, the Steelers at the Ravens. Ravens are a five-and-a-half-point favorite total of 42 on this. Uh, you look at some trends. Uh, Steelers five-and-one against the spread last six following a spread loss, um, which is that – I don't know why that wouldn't necessarily matter. Sorry. Uh, because they covered against the Browns, didn't they? Yeah, I think they covered against the Browns. Who, who um, is this? Uh, the Steelers. Steelers. Um, yes, yes, they covered against the Browns. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is the one I'm looking for. Steelers 0-7 against the spread their last seven games following a spread win. How insane is that? Uh, and then, of course, 0-4 against the spread in their last four following a straight-up win. I think they got Big Ben, his send-off. Uh, the Ravens 7-1 against the spread their last eight home games. Uh, against a team with a losing road record. Uh, and then the Ravens, 9-2. and two. Eh, Sorry, hold on. 4-1 uh, and one against the spread their last five following a straight-up loss. So, overall, I don't know what's going on with Lamar Jackson. Uh, he, he's obviously not 100%. Um, I, this is a tough one to gauge, right? Five and a half points seems like it might be too much. But, and, and there is, I mean, the public is all over uh, the Steelers right now. Um, da, 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 let's see. Oh, I'm sorry, it has flipped. We got 71 percent of the tickets on the Ravens right now. Uh, these two teams are rough to gauge, man. I'm gonna take the Steelers plus five and a half because I think it'll be a field goal kind of game. Both of them are still in the playoff hunt as of right now. Um, Ravens need a little more to happen than the Steelers do. Both of them obviously need a win. Uh, but this is a, a bitter rivalry. It could be Big Ben's last stand. Uh, th- th- these two teams make no sense to me. So I'll, I'll take the Steelers plus five and a half because I figure it'll be a field goal kind of game. Uh, but I don't feel great about it. So you got a, you got a feeling on this one? Yeah, I'll take the Ravens, but I don't like it. I mean, I just think both these teams aren't good. I'll tell you this, this Steelers team is, is, is garbage. I, I, I hope one of these teams makes the playoff because I need a bad team to bet on in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I bet against sorry in the playoffs. No, I need you, I need a bad team that I can fade in the playoffs. You uh you have certainly got that right. Both of these would fit that bill a hundred percent. Uh let's move on from there. Let's talk about the Patriots at the Dolphins. Uh Patriots can be anywhere from a wild card team to the number one seed based on all of these different things happening, right? Uh, and the Dolphins have been mathematically eliminated. They cannot make the playoffs now. Uh, they had a seven-game win streak. It all came tumbling down in a 34-3 loss last week to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, but, man, you look at this. I Obviously, historically, the Patriots have not been good when they go down to Miami. But I, I don't know that that necessarily matters here. I don't know that Miami is going to be fighting a whole lot in this spot. Like I, Maybe I'm wrong about that because of the familiarity between the coaching staffs. And some of these players just want to play, et cetera. But when you got one team that's playing for everything and one team that's literally got nothing on the table other than this is the last game, I I don't know what I take from that. Uh, the Patriots are a seven-point favorite. Total is 40. Man, I'm, I'm going to ride Patriots to cover the seven. Like, I I think they yeah, are we, a significantly we, better team. Yeah, we're going to agree on this one also. I, I, I think the, the Pats have everything to play for. I just also think they're a the significantly better team. This yeah. is Dolphins team. We're beating that they went on a on a winning streak that was really impressive. 
beating just the trash of the NFL, which this is supposed to do. Don't lose the bad teams. That's fine. But, but, but they, they weren't anything to, to write home about at all the whole season. Most of their wins just looked difficult, looked hard, looked uncomfortable for, for, for them. And, and I just, I just don't think there's any way on earth I'd trust them in a game where the other team has to have it. I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Uh, the Saints at the Falcons. Falcons are a four and a half point underdog at home. Total is 40. Saints are five and one uh, in their last head to head, five and one in their last six meetings in Atlanta. They are six and two against the spread in the last eight between them and the Falcons. Um, you know, I, I look at this like the Saints are not a good, they're not a great football team by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but the Falcons, you know, put up a fight a little bit against the Bills early last week and then kind of got drubbed. I, They're 0-4 against the spread in their last four home games. I, I'm going to ride Saints here to cover the 4.5. I think their defense is going to show up uh, pretty big in this spot. Uh, you're talking about a playoff spot on the line, and this is a 325 game. You won't know uh, the situation with the 49ers because it's happening at the exact same time. I think the Saints are going to come out like gangbusters here, uh, so I will take them to cover that four and a half. I don't think the Falcons get very much done on offense. I'm with you. I think this is all about the Saints' defense at home. Um, they, the Falcons' team this year has just been god awful. Like, <laughs> they are such an enigma, man. <laughs> I wonder, They've won seven games this year. Like I have no idea can, how. Can, can Arthur Smith like? do anything to change this team around or is this just who Atlanta is? I would imagine because no, their efficiency numbers have not been great, but they have found ways to win games, right? That's what Arthur Smith is. We've talked about in the preseason. He's a he's a problem solver. Um yeah. I think that he can change some things around because their roster is not good. Like it's they got some skill guys that are that are impressive, but I mean they lost Calvin Ridley midway through the year or kind of early in the year. Uh, they hadn't really found anybody to to really replace him. Kyle Pitts has been awesome, but the roster is constantly changing, and it's not a great roster at that. Uh, and still, with being the number 32 total DVOA team in the league, they still won seven games. So, like, I think he did a hell of a job considering what he had. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, he'll he'll need to make some changes. But that it take nothing, it takes nothing away from, uh, from the Saints. I still think the Saints... Uh, you know, cover four and a half here. Um, if they get a 49ers loss, they make the playoffs. Even losing Jameis uh, Williams or uh, whatever. Uh, even losing Winston. Jameis early in the season. Winston, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> all right, we both like the Saints to cover four and a half. Let's, uh, let's move on. We got two more to discuss for Sunday. Um, 49ers at the Rams here. 3.25 p.m. Uh, Central Time. And... The Rams are a four-point favorite at home with a total of 44 on this game. Uh, The Rams still have a ton to play for, which is not something that I fully expected. But, I mean, the Rams can be anywhere from, uh, let's see, the two seed all the way down to the five seed. And so they need to win this game. And I don't think that's a good proposition for the 49ers. Uh, They have had success against the Rams, the 49ers have. Um, 49ers 4-1 and one against the spread their last five meetings in L.A. They are 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five meetings, period. Um, and the underdog 
is 5-0 and against the number in the last five meetings between these two teams. So while I don't know that the 49ers are going to win the game, I certainly think they got a shot to. I'll take the 49ers to cover the four, um, but I, I wouldn't bet a money line on this one. So what, uh, what, are, you, what are you thinking on it? Up, oh, did I lose Chris? Sorry, I muted you because I had to call <laughs> earlier and then I forgot to unmute you. So everything in me wants to take the 49ers because I like the 49ers. But right. let me tell you what I don't like. I do not like Lance Lynn. I just don't. I think they're struggling at the quarterback position. He is not ready. I think this defense for the Rams is going to make him look bad, real bad. I think he's going to struggle. And I think I think it's going to be really hard for them to get this one. Okay. Okay. So you'll uh, you'll take the Rams to cover the four here. Yeah. All right. And finally, we have a win, and you're in uh, ball game on Sunday Night Football. You got the Chargers taking on the Raiders. Uh, Raiders are a two and a half point dog at home. Total is forty nine and a half. Uh, you look at some of these uh, trends here. Um, you know, the road team is 10-4 and four against the spread in the last 14 between these two. The underdog is 18-7 and seven against the spread in the last 25 meetings. Chargers, 5-1 and one against the spread their last six in Las Vegas. Um, you know, the Raiders, there's, there's some things that you can, you can come up with, but, I mean, the biggest thing here is Raiders are 2-5 and five against the spread in their last seven home games. They're 2-5 and five against the spread their last seven against the AFC West. Like I, I, while while everybody likes the comeback story, I guess for the Raiders, uh, all the different stuff that they've been through this season, I, I mean, it's tough for me to go against the Chargers here. I'm I'm going to take the Chargers to cover the two and a half. Um, I think I think they're the better football team, just overall. So I think I think they're significantly better. Okay. I don't I don't think it's a small amount either. I think I think they're significantly better. Yeah. That's a, when you just look at uh, at DVOA and everything else. Uh, this is this is really not a close ball game. Um, and, the, and the Raiders had another off field situation this off season or this week. Another guy arrested with a DUI. Like this is a team that just that can't get out of their own way. To play football. Yeah, it's Nate Hobbs, uh, the quarterback. Yeah. Oh, frustrating. Frustrating. All right. So we both like the Chargers to cover two and a half here. Uh, the only ones that we have differed on were the Steelers and Ravens and the, 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 the 49ers and Rams. So, very interesting. Very interesting. All right, uh, let's move to the Super Contest picks. Uh, overall on the season, this is NFL Week 18 Super Contest. Overall on the season, I am 46-39. and 39. Chris is 33-35-2. and two. Chris, I went 1-4 and four the last two weeks. My record had been stellar until the last two weeks. Um, and I've gone one and four in back-to-back weeks here. So hopefully I can get off the schneid and, uh, and, and get this thing fixed. Uh, you want to start us off with, uh, with the first of your five picks here? Uh, sure. I- I'm going to take the Pats minus the seven against the Dolphins. That's- I just think we've got a coaching mismatch. I think we've got a talent mismatch. And uh, the defense for the Patriots have been pretty good about taking the ball away. And uh, two has been pretty good about giving the ball away, so uh, I'll, I'll take that number. I have got the exact same one, so uh, so I'll move on from there. My second one 
I've got the Jets to cover 17 against the Bills. Uh, this Jets team has fight left in it. And, and and while the Bills are really, really good and they are still fighting for uh, potential number one seed, uh, the AFC East, etc., I do think the Jets are going to give them a ball game. I think 17 is just way, way too many damn points. Uh, I will take the Jets to cover that 17. So we uh, agree on this pick. That is my second pick as well. But I think you said something inaccurate. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any way on earth you can look at the resume of the, of the Bills and say they're really, really good. This is a team that when they play good, they're good. But, <laughs> but they are capable of losing to Jacksonville, which they did. Yes, and they were true. in an absolute dogfight for their life against Atlanta last week. Like, Josh, Josh Allen, when he's on, is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. When he's off, they have no chance to win because he is so much of all they do in the offense. I, you're 100% right. And, and Sala, of course, uh, can find a way to get after him. Now, that Jets defense has not been great for the majority of the season. But, you know, if, if you had to put together a game plan to slow down um, uh, Josh Allen, like, I, I, I would trust him to be able to do it. So, you look at the, the total DVOA between these two teams. Uh, you've got Buffalo at number three overall, and you've got the Jets at number 26. So, there's a, a chasm of difference. But, uh, you remember that stat that I've talked to you about, variance? Uh, and it basically, it's volatility on a team. Like, can you trust them from week to week? Uh, Buffalo is number 32. So, they are all over the place. Some weeks they play exceptional. Yeah, that's, some that's weeks what they're I just off. Said. Yeah. So they're they're way they can, way. They could either beat Kansas City or lose to Jacksonville. Yes, it is really strange. So uh, so we're both rolling Jets plus seventeen. You uh you got a third pick here. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to give you the football team. Okay. Now I've not done well this year betting with the football team. I'm laying seven points, but I think this Giants team has absolutely quit on Joe Judge. They uh they are pretty bad. Like they are pretty pretty bad. Um, his comments his comments last week were I would use the word ridiculous, but but like I I don't understand how you stand at the podium with the season that you've had and have the the gall to to talk about how there are other players that left for free agency elsewhere that say they wish they wouldn't have taken the money and stayed with you. Like I I just that. I'm an, I don't mean to get political here. It's very Trumpian of him, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, everything's great. Everything's good. It's somebody else's fault. People love it here. Like, there's no problems. Like, no, no, Joe, there's a lot of problems. And and before, I used to think maybe you weren't a part of all of it because I don't think that roster's very good, but mm, it, it sounds like he could be part, part of it. Those. Yeah, he could be a part of it. That's uh that's interesting. All right, so football team covering seven uh against the Giants. Okay. I am uh I'm gonna ride with the Bucks for my third pick. Tampa Bay at home covering nine against the Panthers. Uh we are in playoff mode at this point. I, they went on the road, they didn't look great last week. Um, you know, I don't know what's going on with the Antonio Brown situation, etc. But uh but the Panthers have not been great, obviously. And I don't expect them to suddenly show up and and be good enough to hang with the Bucks. Uh, this is this is playoff ready situation here. Um, Bucks have still got a shot at the number one seed, 
So, or no, no, no. They do not. They lost to uh, Green Bay, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they okay. So, they, so they've got a shot at the number two seed overall, I guess you could say. Uh, I think that the Bucks are ready to get this ship rolling. And I, I think uh, I think they're going to cover the nine here. I, I, this feels like it should be a two touchdown spread, um, but I I do like the Bucks to cover the nine. So what you got for number four? My, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, uh, you're I'm all good. To mute all those. <laughs> uh, my fourth pick, I'm going to go with the uh, Sea Chickens. Seahawks Very nice. plus seven against the Cardinals. Let me tell you something, Bill Simmons coined this phrase a couple of weeks back, and I think he's absolutely dead on. Kyler Murray is the new Mr. October. Look at his resume. Look at his record the last two Octobers. Now, the problem is the season goes through January. Today. <laughs> so, he has blown balls in November and December and never really played in January in his life. This, this is a problem. Okay? This guy has not been good at all. At all. After October. He's really struggling. And you could say it's because of injuries. Well, guess what? That means the season is long. And if you can't play past the first eight games, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's how long the season is. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. I'm with you absolutely on that. Uh, that's actually one of my picks. That was my – I had it down as my number five pick. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the Seahawks plus seven at the Cardinals. I know that the Cardinals played well against the Cowboys last week, et cetera. Uh, but the Seahawks, you know, it, this could be the last run for Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. We'll see. Who knows what's going to happen in the offseason. Uh, but I think, you know, they they like to they like to ruin seasons as best they can. Uh, I don't know that they can win this ballgame. I, I think there's a shot that they could. So seven points definitely feels like it's just too many uh, because I think, I think the Seahawks will be able to score on that defense. I, I really do. Um, my last pick on this I had down San Francisco I don't think I'm going to go with San Francisco I think I'm going to go with the Chargers to cover two and a half against the Raiders um, we talked about it at the at the end of the, the last segment I just I, I think that the Chargers are such a significantly better team and the Raiders have some wins against uh, not not great teams, right? It's kind of kind of like what the Dolphins did. I'm not going to say it's smoke and mirrors because you you got to be able to win those games. Uh, but I think the Chargers are a step up in class. And you know, Justin Herbert against uh, against Carr, I will take Herbert every time. So I, give me give me the Chargers to cover the two and a half here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm 100 with you. And once again, we we see this not just the same. I wanted the 49ers as well. I can't trust Trey Lance. I just can't. So, yeah. I'll trust Herbert. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, so uh so Chargers minus two and a half for you on that one. So we've got uh let's see, one, two, three, four of the same gambling picks for the end of the season for our super contest picks. Not bad. Not bad. We'll see how that does for us. So who knows? Uh you got anything else you want to hit before uh before we get out of here? No, man, that's it, brother. All right, sounds like a plan. I'll go ahead and let you go, and uh, and I will round this thing out. Sound good? Thank you, sir. All right, be good, buddy. All right, that is the end of Winning Cures Everything for Wednesday, January 5th. We certainly appreciate all you guys being here. Of course, 
Head over to Spotify, head over to Apple, whatever. Leave a nice five-star podcast review that would certainly help us out. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, etc. If you haven't already, go ahead and like the video for us. That would certainly help out as well. The show brought to you each and every time out by BetUS. They are America's premier online sportsbook. It is where the game begins. BetUS.com is the website. Make sure you sign up over there. Uh, on top of that, uh, it's been a fun week. Been a fun week. We will have more to discuss on Friday's show because this sport is ever-changing between the NFL and college football. There's always news. There's always things to talk about. And we'll probably do our Alabama-Georgia preview on Friday. So we'll see. We'll see about that. But either way, lots, lots going on in the crazy world of college football and the NFL. Uh, You guys, do us a favor. Share the show out. Tell your friends about it. All that good stuff. And uh, jump in the comments. We want to know what you think about these games, etc. So definitely knock that out. We are going to sign off for now, though. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.